Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for some hot, steamy conversation? <laughs> I don't know about hot, steamy it is, but hot, yeah. <laughs> My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This is Stephen, and I just want to share. Uh, yeah, I want to expound on that just quickly, because the real man... Good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Soy, host of the fastest-growing online talk show where we discuss real topics with real people in real situations. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy. It's your girl, Soy, inviting you to the fastest-growing talk show online today where we discuss real topics that affect real people in real situations. It's an awesome Saturday here in Hotlanta. I am enjoying the weather. I tell you I am. It's a beautiful day. And I hope that you're out there doing something that will inspire you, enlighten you, and add value to you, like working out. I hope you got your workout in today, got your vitamins in today, you've been well fed today, and now you're ready for something inspirational to just inspire you, to carry you throughout the week. That's what we do here. That's what we do here. And I want to invite you, if you haven't done so already, to download our app. Yeah, we have an app. We're we're out there in the communities trying to stay connected to you, and we want you to be connected to us. So download the app that we've launched. The name of the app is Coffee Talk with Soy, and you should be able to find it in iTunes or Google Play. So simply do that and never miss another conversation. One of the things that I like about the app is it gives you the ability to leave an audio message. How cool is that, right? So if you're listening to the show and you're driving or, you know, you're like me, you just hate this typing long texts and you want to comment or, or send over something, you can simply do that by clicking voice notes. It will allow you to record your message and we'll get it right here on the show and we can either air it Um, by playing your audio or either read it and share it so that people can hear your comments. So we want to support the no text and driving uh, law by allowing you to use voice notes. All right, all right. So I have my hot beverage in hand. This morning I am sipping on some ginger tea. Uh, Although I did have my cup of coffee this morning, I'm sipping on ginger ginger tea. And you know what? Um, There are some great properties in ginger that are good for you. It's good for your digestive tract. It's really good for cleansing your body. So I encourage you to to drink that from time to time. I do, and I love it. And it's real cool, calming, and uh, it, it really it's really soothing for your body. So I'm sipping on ginger tea, and I'm excited. I'll bring it bringing our our guest today, who is a dynamic speaker. An entrepreneur. I had the opportunity of meeting this young man, and he is empowering, awesome. His testimony will will just just have you just literally just pass out when you hear uh, this man's story. So we are going to bring on to the show Mr. Eric McNeil. He's an entrepreneur with over 25 years of experience in tech, the technology industry. 
Listen to this. At age 30, he started a computer networking company and built it into a multi-million dollar business within three years. He's very intelligent, very smart. He graduated magna cum laude. That, that, that's powerful, right? Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm trying to tell you. He's worked for Fortune 500 companies. He's done some amazing things in his life. And in those amazing things, people, he has exhibited and experienced failure like we all have. But unlike some of us who sit and stew in that, he's turned his failure into a success. Let me tell you that Eric McNeil was sentenced to serve 13 months in a federal prison for a computer invasion charge. So he understands firsthand what it means to overcome failure. I want to welcome Eric McNeil to the show. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Good morning, Soy. I am excited this morning. And um, I heard you talking about um, drinking your... uh, your ginger tea this morning, and uh, I hope it's better than this uh, uh, ginger mint jelly that I used in my speech, my humorous speech that you attended and uh, got it working for. So, um, but yeah, I just I just heard you mention that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I have uh, a couple of um, well, you know, I, I I like to keep my resources close to me, and, and I have a, a girlfriend who works out and. Miss um, Cora O'Kelly, uh, our our workout guru, and she's always giving us tips, and we're going to be sharing some of her tip on on the air this season, just to keep people healthy and keep them mindful of just some helpful nuggets. But she she is such a fan yeah. of juicy, and she has me sipping on it. So thank you, girl. Shout out to you this morning. All right, Eric, so let's talk about you and, and what you've been doing over the past few years. So let's talk about where you're from. I am originally from L.A., and that's not uh, Los Angeles. In my case, that's Lower Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, is uh, where I'm originally from. But I've been in the Atlanta area uh, about 16 years now, so Atlanta has uh, become home away from home for me. Okay. And and how has your 16 years in Atlanta been? Is it up and down? It has most definitely been up and down, as you um, alluded to at the start of this show. Um, you know, when I got to Atlanta, I was coming from Indianapolis, and uh, after being in Indianapolis for about a year, I decided it was just too cold up there, so I decided to come to Atlanta. And and within a year of arriving in Atlanta, I started a computer networking company, and um, as you said, uh, we built that into a multi-million dollar company, and uh, right around 2000, there was something called the dot-com bubble burst. This was the first dot-com bubble burst, and uh, I essentially lost nearly everything during that time, Um, so it has been definitely a roller coaster ride, but it took me several years to to actually uh, get my footing back. And uh, then I found myself around 2007, after being smarter about diversifying my money, I found myself heavily invested in the real estate market to the tune of about $1.2 million, with the point two being my own money. And just so happened it was time for the real estate bubble to burst. And at that time, I essentially lost everything. 
All right, well, well, let's back up a little bit. Let, let, let's, 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 let's visit that first time that you experienced the loss. So you, you're here in, in Atlanta. Everything is going well. Your business is, is just off the chain, uh, and it's doing really well. And so let's talk about that dot-com bubble burst for those who don't know what that is. Yeah, so, um, you know, during that time, around 1998-99, everybody was investing in the dot-coms and the dot-coms were just getting all of this money. And so our company uh, actually benefited from this because we used to supply a lot of the technology uh, to companies that helped them communicate better. So whether uh, they were small companies or very large companies, we did business with the Home Depot, with Bell South, with the Department of Energy, with the colleges and everybody in between, some of the dot-com companies. So we were benefiting tremendously from this windfall and everybody uh, investing in technology. And then around 2000, uh, a lot of the investors had determined that the dot-com companies weren't making any money, that they were just spending money but not making any money. So they stopped investing. And the dot-com companies began to go out of business, and everybody got uh, – uh, nervous about spending on technology, period. And okay. so this affected us tremendously. Uh, so I ended up laying off, it uh, must have been six people during that time. And um, so it was just, uh, I was left with just me. And so, 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 that, so at that point, is that when you transitioned and, and got into investments and you decided that you need to go another route in order to be lucrative? You know, I decided that um, once I downsized, I continued to do consulting, right? There was still business out there, but the companies actually wanted the best of the best. They didn't want anybody in between. You couldn't send anybody out there. So I was able to secure work for myself as a loan consultant, but I couldn't put anybody else to work. And um, so this is how I um, rolled for the next few years while I continued to rebuild my second guess. And as I continued to rebuild, I said, well, I'm going to take my money and I'm going to start diversifying. And Mm -hmm. I diversified mainly into the real estate market. So, you know, I thought I was being smarter about uh, how to use my money. And just so happened. Did you think think at that time, Eric, that there's no need um, and you didn't want to put all your eggs in one basket was those kind of things flowing through your mind at that time? Absolutely. So that was exactly what was flowing through my mind. It was like, you know, if I get my money, I'm just not going to, because before I was putting everything back into the company, into the company, into the company, and I really wasn't diversifying my money anywhere else. I had no type of retirement plan or nothing. And that's the thing about being self-employed that, you know, you can make a lot of money, but it's not about what you make, it's about what you save. And so, you know, if the business goes under it, it's, that's it, it's kaput. So I was like, um, let me do something for my retirement. And I thought the smartest thing to do at the time was to expand into this um, real estate market. And then, of course, we we all know what happened then. I, I, I also do a little bit dabbing into investment, so I also experienced uh, that when that system um, 
kind of kind of crashed on on us as well. But I I, I want I really wanted you to emphasize that because people sometimes as they as their businesses fold, which is happening now over the past few years, people are experiencing that, and I I want them to hear that you know diversity is good. You you do want to go back, um, you know, keep going, you know, keep keep going, find other streams of in, in uh, of income. I find that multiple streams of income. Uh, works well for people, and and most successful people, you know, generally have multiple streams of income. So it's definitely something that that I think that the mass should hear. Most most definitely, I absolutely agree. All right. So in 2012, um, there was another setback you had. Let, let's talk about what what that was about. So in, in 2012, um, well, let's let's talk about what led up to 2012. Uh, before that, prior to that, I managed one of the largest uh, minority-owned medical practices here in the state of Georgia, and the two owners decided to actually split up, and right before the split up, I saw the uh, writing on the wall, so I tendered my resignation, and when they split up, one of the owners approached me about helping him to start a new medical practice. And, I had the IT experience for healthcare, and I knew how to manage uh, medical practice. So I graciously, you know, decided to uh, to actually be a part of the project, and we started. and And no sooner as we started, you know, we were being threatened with lawsuits from the old company for starting that medical practice. And so we got into, and we already had a bit of a a feud going on, and. Um, and somebody during that time from the old company that knew me sent me an email that was sent out by the owner about uh, my ability to manage a computer network and that I wasn't really the best uh, IT person. And so I allowed uh, my ego and anger to get the best of me, and I decided to uh, come and home and get on my computer and actually enter into their network and download the patient database. And I took that patient database back to my office and told my employees to that I had uh, a database, a great marketing database that we could send out mailers to and let them know that we were open for business. And uh, unbeknownst to them, this was, you know, our previous employer's uh, uh, patient database. So we – and uh, it's it, – that if that wasn't bad enough, I also made some changes on their computer network. That is where they didn't have this savvy computer group, as they said they now had. Then they would think all of the data was uh, erased. And lo and behold, I thought I was that they would just uh, uh, have some extra work to do. But lo and behold, they weren't able to retrieve this data, so they lost their patient database. And this became a federal case. Um, so in 2012, um, I was sentenced to 13 months in prison behind this. You know, they basically gave me a choice that I could either try and fight it in court and, and they would surely give me a maximum of five years or I could go ahead and uh, admit to what happened and perhaps I only come out with a year. So uh, the, the 13 months looked much better to me than the 60 months. 
And and have you had any issues with the law prior to that? No, I had never, never as much as uh, in handcuffs on me. No issues with the law, stellar record. In fact, if you had to ask, if you had to ask somebody who knew me prior to this incident, what are the chances that Eric McNeil will ever go to prison or jail or be arrested? And they would have told you none. Not absolutely. They would not have put money uh, on that. So, um, yeah, I had never had a record in my life. And, in fact, everybody said, even my attorney said, oh, there's no way you'll ever serve time behind this. You have a stellar record. You contributed to the community. But, lo and behold, after it was all done and said, I got eight, I got 13 months. And um, not only that, Soy, but I also ended up with uh, 120 hours of probation. I ended up with three years, I mean, 120 hours of community service I had to do. And I ended up with three years of probation in addition to over $100,000 in restitution payments. So when it came down, it it came down, um, you know, hard. So... Um, it, there was no, you know, um, it was definitely uh, not something that I would suggest anybody want to uh, be a part of. When they absolutely. say this uh, criminal justice system, it is real. Absolutely, absolutely. If, if you're just tuning in with us and talking to Eric McNeil, he just shared with us uh, his downfall and um, his situation with the federal imprisonment. And we're going to talk about how you transition out of that. Because some some people who are listening may have experienced issues with the law. How how is that affecting you now as, as you're progressing and, and other things, and you have successfully built another business? How, how does how does your past come to play with that, or does it? You know what it it does. So and um, I would uh, not do a disservice in telling people that their past will not uh, affect them in, in any way if they've been involved in the criminal justice system. But I will tell you that you can get beyond it, but you have to have some type of a plan. And it definitely makes you more entrepreneurial. And just fortunately for me, I already had that entrepreneurial gene. So even when I went to prison, I had a plan going into prison. And I was determined that I would go in there and I would become better versus getting bitter. I see so many people who get caught up um, for one reason or another, and they may feel that, oh, you know, it wasn't my fault or, you know, I shouldn't be here or the system just treated me unfairly. And I decided at the very beginning that I would not enter into the system with that attitude. I decided that first I had to um, realize that I made some mistakes you know, so many times we fail to uh, realize that we're part of our own problem, that, you know, the system may be unfair, but you've given the system a lot of ammunition to uh, shoot you up. So you have to realize that maybe you had uh, some kind of part to play in this whole thing, and, and uh, that was the first thing I realized. When I went in, I told my sister, um, who had access to my Amazon account, I told her that, you know, I'm putting some books on my wish list in in here, and uh, I want you to send these books to me once I uh, get in prison. 
And um, because, you know, while I'm in here, it's going to become essentially my sabbatical. You know, you, and if you're talking, ever talking to somebody and they've been in prison for it, they'll tell you that, uh, you know, they were on vacation. Because quite naturally, they don't want to say, you know, I was in prison, so they'll say, oh, I was just uh, on a little vacation. But that also reflects how they were spending their time while they were incarcerated. Basically, they did as little as possible. So if you talk to me sometimes, you know, I may not necessarily say I've, I've been to prison, but I tell you I was on my sabbatical. And that reflects how my mindset and how I was spending my time while I was incarcerated. You know, I was studying, I was reading, I was trying to reflect and, um, you know, just do some deep studying to make myself a better person. So let's talk about the book that, that, that you've written the Diary of a Failure. Let's let's talk about that. It's out now. It's it's on Amazon and, and it is available. And let's let the audience know where they can get a copy of the material. So the uh, the book was written essentially as a result of uh, my prison sentence. And while I was in prison, I just uh, looked around and I saw all of the hopelessness uh, and the despondency. Within the, that permeated throughout the prison system. So I wanted to uh, address that in a way that people can easily understand that uh, it's okay to fail, but it's not about uh, your failure. It's about how you respond to your failure. But failure is necessary to become successful. And I wrote the book as a essentially a story between two friends, uh, Fitch and Sam, uh, Sam is short for Samantha, so they grew up together, pretty much starting life going down the same path, but at some point their lives diverge because they start thinking differently. And if you want to change your consequences, you have to first change the way you think. And the way that it works is this, if you change the way that you think, and that changes your attitude. Once you change your attitude, it changes your actions. And then once you change your actions, you can change your destiny or your consequences um, just like that. And um, the book addresses that. It essentially gives you some fundamental laws, and it's broken down so that somebody as young as 11 years old can read it and really grasp what's going on and understand it. Uh, Because I believe that failure is essentially a kindred uh, spirit to success, that they are uh, intertwined and, you know, like conjoined twins and can't be un- unjoined, like, you know, head, uh, you know, and tail, two sides of the same coin. I like I, I like I like how the bit I I like how the book is written that way. Well, it, it shows the two paths that two different people take, and, and I think it makes it easier for people to relate because we all had childhood friends that we that were next door or, you know, lived on the same neighborhood, lived, lived a block away, or friends that we had in primary education. And as you grow, people take different paths. And so I, I really think that people can relate to how that story, how those stories unfold, and more importantly, the lessons in, in each chapter. So before the show ends, let's talk about, let's zoom in on page 57 and 58, where you say, which I think this is very controversial, except that you have no control. Generally, we see that differently. So how is that chapter written? 
except that you have you no know control. I grew up, you know, um, surrounded by a lot of people who believe that we have absolutely no control in life, and but I disagree with that. I believe it is my belief that nothing is essentially predetermined or foreordained to the point where you can't decide whether you're going to go left or right. The big picture may be written, but I believe that God gives us free will to make decisions. Uh, and we are the only form of intelligent uh, life on earth who has the power to manifest our own destiny. And no other animal has that ability. And so when I see people who give up and say, well, I just have no control, you know, and um, I tend to disagree with that. I believe your mental attitude, including the way you think and live and and believe, determines your destiny and that uh, the world you live in is determined largely by what goes on in your mind. So, you know, if you're not going to use your mind to think, God could have very well made you a cow or a pig because uh, if you think you have no control, So my thing is that you do have some control over your life. You have free will. You know, you can do good, you can do bad. You can go left or you can go right. And you have the power to change your destiny. And um, I honestly believe that. And I believe that when you you give up that power, you become a victim. And my motto is that I always say is uh, basically don't be a victim. Instead, become the victor. And I believe that we have the power based on what we think in our minds that we can control our destiny in life. Awesome, awesome. Now, you want to tell them where they can get a copy of the book on, on Amazon? or and where Yeah, they, they, can, they can either go to and the, the uh, title of the book is Diary of a Failure, The Art of Failing Your Way to Success. And you can either look it up on Amazon or you can go to my website, which is ericmcneilonline.com, and that's spelled E-R-I-C-M-C-N-E-A-L-O-N-L-I-N-E.com, ericmcneilonline.com. You can go there and get it as well. Now, now hear this, audience. Not only is Eric an author, Not only is he an entrepreneur, but he's also a speaker. So he's out. He's doing public speaking. And so if you're looking for someone to come out and empower your audience, maybe it's a group of of males who've had some legal run-ins with the law and helping them get back online or or some other um, people who can benefit from his story, do do reach out to him. What, What topics do you like to speak about, Eric? Empowerment. I enjoy speaking to young people about empowerment, all older people, because, you know, there's so many people out there who believe, for whatever reason, that they can't become better, that they can't do better, you know, and they're stuck uh, in this rut. And as we all know, you know, a rut is just um, essentially you're you're in a grave, you know, you're alive, but you're in a, in a grave. So, um, you know, so I like to uh, show people that it's possible that they can get themselves out of a rut, and they just need to start with the way in which they're thinking. You know, and every day I get uh, excited to live and excited about life, and it doesn't matter what I've been through. Um, I'm still excited, and I, I give God the glory every day. 
love that. Well, you, you just gave me chills because I, I, I feel similar in that just kind of waking up. And, and, and I, I think life changes when you yeah. feel you have a purpose. You know, you, you know I, I feel sorry for people sorry, who wake up and say, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I don't believe in that. I don't wake up on the wrong. The only way I see that you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, sorry, is if you don't wake up at all. That's the only way. You say, well, Eric woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning because he didn't woke up. He didn't wake up. So, you know, if you wake up and you have a little pain in your knee, a little pain in your shoulder, it's going to be okay because guess what? Some people didn't wake up at all. So I'm thankful if I wake up with a little pain because I woke up, God woke me up. Hmm. That's powerful. That's powerful. And you know what? And even if you wake up on the wrong side of this, it, it's the right side. I don't believe God makes mistakes, Eric. You know, it's it, 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 it's. I, I don't believe there's a wrong side of the bed. You know, that's just what I believe. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm always waking up excited about life, and if, if you have to look yourself in the mirror, sometimes you wake up and and you may be something may be bothering you, and you may be doubting yourself. But I used to wake up, and if I had to look myself in the mirror and tell myself I am good, I am strong, I am smart, I am worthy, I am capable, I am somebody special. And if I had to wake up every morning and tell myself that until I believe it, then if that's going to get me through, then do that until it gets you through. But don't give up on yourself, you know. I hear this story um, about Simone Battle, a young singer who took her life a month ago. Uh, very young, beautiful, talented, and she felt that she had to take her life, they say, probably because of financial wow. problems. Don't do that. Wow. Don't do that. It's not worth it. Well, you've heard it. You, you've heard it. You've heard it from our guest, Eric McNeil. Thank you, Eric, so much for being on the show. And if you want to get more information about him, visit his website. We want to thank you for tuning in with us today on Coffee Talk with Soy. We want you to evaluate your situation because we believe that there, that you can fail your way to success. I personally believe that we are where we are today as a result of the decisions we made years ago. Think about your decisions, selling your way to success is possible. Visit us online at CoffeeTalk with Soy.com. Download the app. Become our friend on Facebook.